afternoon drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Right now, Sasquatch and Wildcard Casino. Always great giveaways. Right now, giving away a Tesla. If you don't want it, they'll give you over $33,000 in cash instead. Grand prize drawings. Fourth of July weekend. Uh, you're going to love going there, not only for the promotions, really loose slots. They can't say that. I can because I've played them there. Uh, they have a terrific sports book and uh, a really good menu, a really, really good menu that's really inexpensive. Go check them out. Sasquatch and Wildcard up in Blackhawk. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, so let's get back to Kadri because to me, you know what I, I, I've noticed? This is not a national story. Why do you think, think so? that is? Because hockey's an inner sport. You I know, understand. They don't care about it in Topeka. Topeka? What does that have to do with anything? I'm talking about on SportsCenter. I'm talking oh. about on national sports shows. Well, ESPN is carrying the games again, so I would think they would have a vested interest in trying to drum up interest in the sport. I think that, I think that it's about maybe showing the games, but they certainly didn't understand... The national listen, maybe maybe I'm making too much of this. Well, I'll, I'll say this: I think in in this instance, I was very very concerned as a viewer whether ESPN and TNT were going to be able to fit NHL game coverage into its schedule and where it would fit. And I think without really sitting down and quantifying it and attempting to chart it out, I think they've done a pretty good job of giving the NHL proper play. Now there had been a lot of talk, and I was working at ESPN. Uh, as as a hockey columnist for a period when they didn't have the broadcast, and I always felt it was a little a bit unfair and overemphasized that that uh, SportsCenter didn't show enough hockey. I always thought, even after losing the rights, I thought ESPN s- stuck with it to a to a, a respectable extent, showing highlights on on SportsCenter. And besides, SportsCenter isn't the only show out there. No, I understand that. I, th- this is how I view covering sports. SportsCenter is is the has been reduced to showing dunks. Well, unless there's a major story, and maybe again I'm overreacting. Maybe I think this is a huge story, and maybe other people don't. But this is the way. I, this is the way I look at sports in general. I've been very clear uh, for a very long time that I am not a sports fan. I don't have a team. Um, if I have a rooting interest, clearly it's in the Denver teams. I want them to win makes my job easier with that. You know why I root for teams? Because I know the, I know that you root for people, you know, there we go. That's what you're saying. So I root for two things. I root for people and I root for great stories. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Agreed. And in this case, the people nationally don't know the people. But how do they not know a great story when they see one? But if you have a, a talk show in Spokane, Washington, which has a major junior team, by the way, uh, Spokane Chiefs. Yeah, but they're not going to be running out on KHQ, Why the not? local TV station. 
They're not going to be talking but, about Nazem Kadri and everything that led up but to it. Are you saying that the 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 out nation stations and media are making a mistake by not playing this up more? Yes, I do. That's okay. exactly Why? how I feel. Because I think it's a significant story. A, we're talking about racism, and then we're talking about a guy who overcame getting death threats mm-hmm. and scoring a hat trick. It's a great human interest story. He's also in a contract here. And that you don't say that it doesn't have anything to do with it, but it, it does. That's all going to the, the racist remarks had something to do with his contract coming up? No. I'm saying that's part of the big picture puzzle. What, that's, when, that's why you think he got the hat trick? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying he's had a great year in a contract year, and that, that sometimes enters into the, into, the, into the dynamic. And if you, don't, if you don't agree with that, I think you're naive. He's, got, he's playing for $4.5 million this year. Right. He's looking for, he's probably looking for, unless he grants a hometown discount, a considerable bump in that salary. And that's part, that's part of the dynamic. Here. Let's take a step back. Uh, maybe I'm not understanding what you're saying. Are you suggesting? It's part of, it's part of the big picture drama is that this is a guy in his contract year. The, I, don't think there's, I don't think there are many hockey fans out there, anybody in Bristol, Connecticut, that have any idea that Nazem Kadri is going into a contract? Oh, I uh, I disagree with you. You because you see references to it all over the place whenever it's been discussed. So you're saying about, that's why that's, it's not being this is not, that's why it's not that big of a story. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's part of the story and has to be considered in the overall picture. And, and it, whenever you've read anything about Nazem Kadri this year, it, it always usually comes with a kicker that Kadri can be an unrestricted free agent. Uh, but it, this story's totally different. This it's, part, to, you, it's part of a big, it's, you throw it all into a hat and it's part of the stew. Oh, I see. I see it as he received death threats, which has nothing to do with the contract, and finally had a good game in which he hasn't been good in the playoffs. That's how I see it. Well, it's, and it's also retribution and recovery after last year being suspended in the playoffs against the Blues. And in some ways... Uh, in some ways, I don't want to say responsible, but was part of the formula for the Avalanche getting out, out physical and out everything in the series against Vegas. His presence would have made a difference. Now that that doesn't mean he should be held 100 percent responsible for all of the, all of that. But that's again, that's part of the picture because because of the recovery and retribution that is involved with his showing so far, including last night. How much do you think on the open market he'll make? If he's at four point five now, what do you think the top offer will be? Seven and a half. Hmm. And if Sackick offers a contract, what do you think he'll offer? Uh, I'll say six. If you're Kadri, would you take six? Yes, because you're in a situation where you can thrive. You can be you can be the second line winger or Nathan McKinnon, and uh, you that and uh, thrive that way in a good team and playing with the KL McCarr, who you're not always on the ice with him. But you're on, you're in a situation that that makes it productive. You know, and he came from Toronto, where it's the highest visible, highest pressure market in the National Hockey League, other than perhaps Montreal. Wait, what is Toronto? Oh, Toronto. Yes, no question. I thought you meant here. I didn't no, know Toronto is the highest. He yeah. came from there, so he's comparing that to here. And I think there are guys who I, I don't know. I had don't know his thinking on this. But I think there are some guys who do don't mind being in the non-high pressure hockey market. You think at the eight, going going into his thirty-second birthday on October sixth, you think he's going to make seven million dollars a year? 
I don't know. That's just my guess. That's pretty high. What I would say is if I'm him, I, I would take $6 million. Here's the reason why. Not for the reasons that you laid out, although I think all of those reasons are fair and they make a lot of sense. You have a chance to win a cup. You don't have all the pressure on you, yada, yada, yada. I don't think you could you can put a price on how people treat you. Well, and the well, way the Avalanche organization has handled this situation, and they have handled it beautifully, I would not want to walk out of that environment. Not not for an extra million dollars, especially when, listen, I know it's a lot of money. I'm not going to tell them what to accept, what not to accept. A million dollars, a million and a half is a lot of money. What I'm saying is $6 million is a lot of money. And I'll put it to you this way. You can make a ton of money. I'll ask you. You've worked at some places that you've liked and haven't liked, right? I, I've liked most places I have worked, okay. to be perfectly honest. Okay. Let's say for the sake of our... Yes, including one. Okay. Let's say for the sake of, and we'll, 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 lower, we'll lower the number because you're in the media like I am. Let's say for the sake of <laughs> argument, let's say for the sake of argument, you were being paid $1 million a year by ESPN to do their hockey coverage. Okay? Yes. Uh -huh. okay? Or It's you're, a, little, a little high, but go ahead. That sounds fun. Or you're being paid 750000 to work for the Denver Post. Now, you hate working for ESPN. I did not. You, that's, listen, I'm, I'm exasperating. Okay, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to make a point. Please stop joking. Because this, I'm, I'm trying to make a point. You despise where you work at ESPN, but they're going to offer you a million. And you love where you work at the Denver Post for seven hundred and fifty. Is the $250,000 really worth the brain damage going to work every single day? Yes, because it could have been what it could have and would have been a springboard to other things. I'm being 100% serious. Well, I, for me, if I have to take a little bit less money to really enjoy going to work every day, I'd rather do that than take more money and be miserable. Well, you day. know what newspapers are like now. I mean, well, they're, I, they're owned by they're owned by hedge Terry, funds. Terry, and, Terry, you're getting off track. I, I'm I'm just trying to compartmentalize it to. But you're speaking hypothetical, and I'm telling you how how that would apply. I, I I know the Denver Post. I understand how it works. I also understand how ESPN works. I could oh, have picked, yes. I could have picked any newspaper in the country, any other website in the country. It's not about them specifically. Would you rather work someplace where you despise it and they don't support you? And make more money or work someplace where you love going to work every day. You love the people that you work with. They support you, make a little bit less. You're making it too extremes. The, the real world, there are gray areas. Sure. And there would always be gray areas in those dynamics. And I'm not suggesting if he went to another team, he'd hate it. But I think the way people treat you is important. Well, the, probably the, the parallel right now is Philip Grubauer. Philip Grubauer, the Avalanche were pretty close. Right. To what the, the Kraken ended up signing him for. Right. They were pretty close, and they, they played that. You know, we just can't fit anymore because they had Gabriel Landeskog out there, too. Philip Grubauer is Jeremy Grant. Have <laughs> fun losing. <laughs> Sit in your house, count your money. The Pistons were not an expansion team. But they're a bad team. They're a bad team. The Kraken are a bad team because they're an, ex because they're an expansion team. Despite the fact that the Seattle media are covering them as if they should have won a Stanley Cup this year. The Pistons are a bad basketball team. We keep coming back to Jeremy Grant somehow. Well, because he made a decision 
to want to be the number one guy on a crap team. He wanted to be the big fish in a puddle as opposed to being a trout in, 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 a, in, a, big, in a big in a big pond. We're going to talk about C.J. Cron and we'll end up coming back to Jeremy Grant. Coming up after the break, uh, Cortland Sutton met the media today after practice. And um, boy, did he say something interesting about Russell Wilson. And he compared Russell Wilson to somebody else. And it's something that you're going to want to hear. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back after you drive. Good to fry. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber, the public, not retail, but wholesale, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about a company I recently discovered. It is called Low T99. I've been taking testosterone for well over five years, and it has just become a whole lot easier and affordable. Low T99 is the first all-inclusive treatment for just $129 a month. Now, what does that include? They're going to send you the testosterone and supplies by FedEx, and they're going to do it on the month. I just got my new shipment, didn't have to ask for it, just showed up at my door. Blood work is expensive. That's included for 129 bucks a month. You go see your doctor. That's expensive. You know what? That's included in 129 bucks a month. This is so easy and it's so convenient. I wish I would have discovered them sooner. Go to lowt99.com, lowt99.com. That's lowt99.com. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Eurosport. Go for a test drive today in Denver or Parker because everyone deserves a luxury car buying experience. Or find them online at rmurosport.com. So the Broncos finished up another day of minicamp and following practice, Cortland Sutton met the media. I asked him, how important was it to finally have a leader at the quarterback position, something this franchise hasn't had since Peyton Manning left? There was a, a complete wave shift when Peyton walked into the building and... He came in, and everyone talks about how it was. Everyone talks about how Peyton came in, and the standard got set to a different level. And um, it's, it's, I wasn't obviously I wasn't here when Peyton was here, but I, I was able to, you know, hear from Emmanuel and DT, and that's, they raved about how, you know, he, I mean, Emmanuel would tell me Peyton would come in, he would wear his pants, shirt tucked in, you know, everything was to a T. He had a he had a mission, and he he knew what he was. 
he was coming there to do. And it's a very similar thing that Russ does. Russ comes in and he has a, a agenda that he's, you know, getting done that day, you know, and he's coming in and he's, he's going to push himself and everybody around him to be able to maximize what they can bring to the table. And I mean, anybody that, you know, remotely wants to get better, you know, will feed off of that and love to be around that. And, you know, I, I know I'm, I'm truly enjoying, you know, every day of being able to, you know, uh, grow in my football life. And then also, you know, being able to, you know, build that personal relationship with Russ away from the game and just, you know, building that, that bond so that, you know, we can build this, you know, could build this new dynasty of, you know, what Broncos country should be. Peyton Manning and Russell Wilson both are from Central Casting. Yes, they are. quarterbacks. They're playing the role of quarterback. They do it, did it, and do it adeptly. And in that sense, they're strikingly similar. Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, famously said, okay, I can't believe I'm bringing up Fred Rogers, that if you show as a parent, as a parent, that you want your kids to maybe have the same type of interests that you do, you can accomplish that by showing enthusiasm for your hobbies and your activities. If you love to play golf, and you talk about golf, those kids of yours will catch that enthusiasm. They'll catch it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And for Russell Wilson, he has that enthusiasm about wanting to work hard, wanting to winning to, to win. And I think guys are catching his enthusiasm. Let's look at the past quarterbacks. Not a knock on any of them. None of them were great quarterbacks, but I don't know if any of them really loved the game. And I'm not saying that they didn't love the game, but there's a difference between loving it internally and then expressing it out and then showing it. And every and everybody looks at Russell Wilson's resume and they want to catch some of that. They want to be a part of that enthusiasm. The key is going to be the guys who don't sign on, the guys who don't enthusiastically join them. I don't think there will be really anyone. Why would somebody not? Well, it makes all the sense in the world that there wouldn't be, but you've covered sports long enough to know there are sometimes nonsensical outcomes in all the process. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a good example. I'll tell you the guy's name in the break, but I've told this story to Andrew and I'll tell it to you. There are a lot of athletes who play sports, not because they love it. I'm talking about professionally. It's because they feel they have to. There was a guy who used to play for the Broncos, and I was standing next to him in training camp. And I said to him, do you miss being out there? Because he had retired. He said, no, I don't miss it at all. I said, why? He said, well, if I'm being completely honest with you, I'm six foot five, X number of pounds, and I was expected to play football. I was just a big guy, and I knew I had the talent to play. But I was expected, kind of like you see a guy who's six foot ten, and you expect him to play basketball. These guys, though, see you. You see guys now saying, uh, timing their contracts, looking ahead, deciding how long they're going to play. Sure, their eyes are wide open. Some of them think they're bulletproof, but some of them look around and see the the former players on alumni day or standing on the sideline at training camp or any anything else, having trouble walking. Uh, maybe having headaches, maybe having insomnia. And they realize there's a physical toll in football. 
So I think it's harder to love football than it used to be. Well, you, because, you, you not, not because not because this is the uh, unique situation of deterioration of the players. It's always been like that, but they're starting to recognize it. So we know how talented Wilson is a quarterback. And we know he's going to win games because he's a talented guy. I think the question is, how will his leadership at the quarterback position affect wins before the game starts? But are they going to be able to protect him well enough to enable him to have that kind of impact? And yeah. how, how, how will he react if the situation is not ideal? You mean, that, that's not the point I'm making. The point I'm making is, okay, guys have their physical limitations. Okay, not, not everybody on the Broncos offensive line is a pro bowler. Okay. The question is, do you reach your potential every day? Mm-hmm. And that's what not fall over the edge. That's what Russell Wilson demands. That's what he asks. And that's what he shows every day. He tries to reach his potential every day. So if you can encourage your teammates to reach their potential every day in the film room, in the weight room, on the field of practice, then whatever happens in a live game is whatever happens in a live game. The phrase I use all the time is, and I use it in business all the time, control what you can control. And if everybody controls what they can control, then they have a better chance of succeeding. You only have a certain amount of God-given talent. No matter how hard I work, I will never be a professional golfer, ever. I don't have that God-given talent. However, that doesn't mean I can't strive to maximize my potential every day by working hard and working smart. And that's what Wilson is asking his teammates to do. Rhetorical question, though, and I honestly don't know the answer, and I'm throwing it out for discussion. Aren't all aren't most quarterbacks like that? No. You don't think so? No. That, that, they at least, like, in, theory, like, they like at least in theory will go through the same type of rhetoric about being a leader. And, and being the guy to prod the players to be their best. I, I believe this, and you might disagree, and that's okay. I believe it is in your DNA to be a leader, or it's not. But how do you get to be a quarterback in the NFL if you don't have a bit of that in your DNA? Ask Jeff George. Oh, ask, yeah. I've spent J- some time with Jeff George. Yes, as have I. Ask Jay Cutler. Just because you're talented doesn't mean you're a good leader. Doesn't mean, as has been said many times, a a rising tide raises all boats. It doesn't mean you have that type of personality where you can get guys to rally around you. That is a God-given ability that you are given at a very young age. I do not believe that you can suddenly become a leader at the age of 21. Either you have it or you don't. Do you think they're in the minority in the the NFL, the leaders? At the quarterback position? I, I, I don't know. I mean, if we went quarterback by quarterback and I don't know every one of, uh, uh, of what these guys are like, I think there are different levels. Mm-hmm. Here, I'll, I'll put it to you like this. When it comes to God-given ability, okay, things that you are born with, Peyton Manning has an acumen that is off the charts when it comes to understanding the game of football. Can we agree on that? Yeah, and some of it is, is, is uh, from, from his father. Okay, I don't think Tom Brady got it from his father. Okay, I don't think Tom. No, it's it's how it's how you're. Peyton Manning, Peyton Manning did though. Yes, Peyton Manning was around his dad, who quite frankly wasn't a great quarterback. He was pretty damn good. He was good. He was good for a bad team. Peyton Manning is. 
Archie Manning is nowhere in the same league as his son. I don't think he had the same acumen as his son. I don't think he could diagnose plays like his son. It's a God-given ability to be able to process info. The term I use all the time, Terry, is he has a fast processor, Mm -hmm. and you are either born with it or you're not. He has that processor. As a leader, you have that ability or you don't. There are a lot of guys who are very, very talented but don't have the processor in order to diagnose something quickly. Peyton Manning was born with that. And what he did was he maximized that talent Mm -hmm. every single day. So as far as leadership goes, I mean, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people, not everybody, you know, is a great leader. You would think, how come you can't be a great leader? Because that's just not what your personality is. That's just not who you are. So if it translates off the field to the general business world or generally in life, certainly translates to the football field too. In one of these guys are running symposiums and charging $10,000 for it and calling that leadership. I, who are you referring to? Oh, just any, any of the TV types. I don't know. I don't know what okay. you mean. All right. What does that mean? No, I'm there asking. Are a lot, there are a lot of phony leaders out there. No question. There are no, there's no question they're phony leaders. But you know what? When you have success in life, people look at you as successful <laughs> and they want to hear what you have to say. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily leadership. Do I think Tony Robbins is a great leader? I don't know. But I can tell you right now, he's inspirational. He inspires a lot of people. And that's why he gets paid a lot of money. Yeah. I don't know what this guy's like in his personal life. When, when you accomplish something, people want a part of that. They want to be around you because they think it's going to rub off on them. And it's not. Either you have it or you don't. We were only given so much God-given ability, whatever we choose. And are we willing to maximize that potential every day? And if we are, that's what Russell Wilson is asking. Does from Matthew Stafford have it? Great leadership abilities. I mean, you won a Super Bowl, I suppose. Yeah, and got, got an AT&T commercial. I don't know what commercials have to do with it. Oh, Eric, I'm just I'm joking. Yeah, okay. maybe I'm not understanding. Um, I mean, there are lots of guys with commercials. Patrick Mahomes, from what I understand, is a terrific leader. His teammates love him, but he leads by example. And guys want to feed off that energy. But they didn't have that here with Joe Flacco and Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch and Brock Osweiler. Those guys have been quarterbacks for a very long time. But you know the, you know the phrase as well as I do. Do you have the it factor, right? It's the it factor. And a lot of these guys don't. Very few do. And those that do help bring out the best in their teammates. Well, in, in, in the case of Denver, we, we saw that John Elway overrated the type. He drafted quarterbacks for the type. Osweiler and Lee. measurables, measurables. Oh, you're six foot five, six foot six. You you can run and you have a great arm. Oh, that sounds like me, right? Mm-hmm. The problem is maybe you didn't interview these guys long enough to realize they're not leaders <laughs> and guys are not going to follow them. I've told the story many times. I did the story annually at your local newspaper. The quick hit profile, deep, deep, deeply researched as fast as possible profile of the. Bronco's first-round draft choice, dating back to Von Miller, which really was a blast. He's not a leader either. But it was a blast of a story to do. I'm just, And the, the best story I did along those lines was one about Garrett Bowles', Garrett Bowles' background, right. which is a terrific story. Great story. By but, the way, Von Miller, great player, terrible leader. Terrible leader. Think so? 
You, yeah. I, I'm not challenging you. I'm asking. Absolutely, he's not a good leader. He's a happy-go-lucky guy, incredibly talented, and he, no, he's, Justin Simmons is a leader. Von yeah. Miller's not a leader. Well, I, I walked away from the interview with Paxton Lynch, and I told about, oh, I told, I told about the first 75 people I saw. because He's just goofy. Right. Anybody going to follow that? No. He actually had a very interesting story, right. and I told it. His background was very, very interesting, and I won't say inspirational, but it was just a good story. So even those guys can be good stories. Yeah. I, I found that story that you were rooting for. Yeah. Paxton Lynch was an interesting story. Interesting story who decided following the Xbox playbook was more important than his Broncos playbook. Yeah. Coming up after the break, Pro Bowl? Would you be disappointed if they don't play the game? Well, they're considering it. That's next. Every night. So how tight, how tight, Ooh, baby, how tight. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman and Fry. Watch us, MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At T. Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Optimum Golf. Take your game to the next level this offseason at Denver's best indoor virtual facility in the Park Hill and Rhino neighborhoods. Book your tee time today at theoptimumgolf.com. NFL owners discussing the future of the Pro Bowl. And they're thinking of eliminating the game completely. A lot of guys don't want to play in the game. They don't want to get hurt. Uh, Television ratings, though, are excellent for the Pro Bowl. Even though they are considerably down from last year, 7 million people are still watching this thing. It's essentially a glorified flag football game. Guys are not going full speed. And they're thinking of eliminating the game, maybe doing a skills competition, Madden contest, something like that in replacing it. I actually have no problem at all with making it a flag football game. Right. That's basically what it is. Right. And my biggest problem with the Pro Bowl, well, there's a couple of them. The actual uh, legitimacy of it is a real game. Uh, Roger Goodell was was apoplectic about it a few years ago, and that seemed just to go away. Right. Somebody must have read the numbers to him. Right. Or something like that. My biggest problem with the Pro Bowl is it's used as a measure of a player's legitimacy. Uh, Pro Bowl, seventh. Seven-time Pro Bowler. Well, he might have been four times. He might have been an injury replacement. Right. And it, to use that as the standard of measurement for a player's proficiency, I think, is the biggest the biggest objection I have. That's a secondary issue to the actual game itself. I'll tell you a story about the Pro Bowl. You and I are new partners, so I'm a guy with a story for everything. It doesn't mean they're any good. It doesn't mean they're funny, but I think you'll appreciate it. Many years ago, I'm in the Broncos locker room, and... All the guys are filling out their Pro Bowl ballots. And I walk up to one of the guys and I said, how's your Pro Bowl ballot going? He goes, I don't know, half these guys. I don't watch them play. And they don't. Yeah, that's They, they don't watch these guys play. And that's understandable. So he said, who should I pick for this? <laughs> he said, who should I pick for this? I said, 
Why don't you write in my name? And he did. I got a Pro Bowl vote. That that should tell you the legitimacy of the Pro Bowl. Did they tell you, give you some kind of notice of this accomplishment, a little frame? I don't think they do. Honorable mention, you got a Pro Bowl vote. If I would have made it, I think I would have been announced publicly on NFL Network. But I only think I got one vote. So with that, how would you, what ideas would you have that could make people want to watch if there isn't a game well you make it a you make it a flag football game and it make no pretense about what it is it's a way to get all the star players if they want to play get them there together put on kind of a you know the draft has become a show which is is it's probably a bad example but the, the nhl the nhl nba and nfl have turned everything into carnivals by the way in one guy's opinion the NBA and the NHL All-Star Games aren't much better. Well, the the NHL All-Star, All-Star Game, in my opinion, was the worst of all at one point until they came up with this three-on-three format by divisions. It's at least fun. Right. It acknowledges, there's no pretense about it. Right. It acknowledges what it is. Right. And what it is is something you wouldn't want to play goal in. Right. And so I think the NHL has come up with kind of a compromise that recognizes the carnival nature of the of the game anyway, and nobody makes any pretense about it. But but when they p- try to play it with with uh, full five on five, it was it was an absolute joke. It's kind of an absolute joke now, but everybody laughs at it because they're in on the joke. I'll tell you what I think. The the, the, the baseball all star game is it, by far the best. Well, yeah, because you can't it's fake a ninety but five mile per hour fastball. You can't fake not trying to hit because you look foolish. I'll tell you what I think they should do. And I know that this is a generational thing. You're a little bit older than I am, so you know this, but this is more my generation. But anybody probably under the age of 35 has no idea what I'm talking about. Back in the 1970s, there was a show on ABC called Superstars. Yes. It was the characters from TV shows from ABC, NBC, and CBS all competing against each other. In things like tug of war, tennis, swimming, weightlifting, like a decathlon of different activities. AFC against the NFC, I think, I'm not going to say it would be riveting, but I would love to see these guys swim 100 meters and see who'd win. That would be fascinating to me. Is that Battle of the Network Stars? Battle of the Network Stars. Superstars, whatever. Well, Superstars, I think, was something different. Who was really good at it? I have no idea. I'm trying to remember. But I think something like Battle of the Network Stars, that type of format, I think a lot of people would watch because we know what Tom Brady can do as a quarterback. But how good is he at tennis? How good is he at weightlifting? And then you just assign players from each conference to different activities. Wouldn't it be fun to watch a tug of war between the AFC and the NFC? I'd watch that. I think it would get good ratings. What do we have coming up? On Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it. Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors unable to sweep Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets, hoping to sweep Luka Doncic and the Mavs tonight. And also, is a college football playoff coming to individual conferences? Sorry, I turned your mic off, Eric, because... All right, Uh, that's coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Down to the paradise city where the grass is 
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at tfry at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan. With Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, Golden State Warriors at Dallas and Mavericks, 7 o'clock p.m. on TNT this evening. The Warriors leading that series three games to none. And Steph Curry has had back-to-back 30-plus point games. Luka Doncic has had back-to-back 40-plus point games. Who do you expect to match their point total from the last two games, the Mavs star or the Dubs two-time MVP? Curry, no question. Yeah. No, no, I think it's going to be Doncic because I think he's going to try and take over this game. He's going to score 48 points. He might. He's going to try and take over this game to try and will him to a win. Will he do it? No. I mean, will he get a lot of points? Yeah. Dallas is great defensively. They're not a great offensive threat. No. But they're a terrific defensive team. Here's the thing, and I'll just throw this out there for fun. I know what Luka Doncic did against the Phoenix Suns. I get that. But for those that want to say Luka Doncic is the best player on the planet, I remember Nikola Jokic winning one game. Doncic hasn't won any. Hmm. Just, oh, a, just a thought. You think there's a widespread argument out there that Doncic is the best player in the world? I think I, after what he did against Phoenix, I could have made that case. He willed them to that win. Yeah, he willed them to that win. But he doesn't have enough talent around him. Mark Cuban needs to buy some more players, and I'm sure he can afford it. <laughs> Uh, Luka Doncic right now, I know Jokic is the MVP. Luka Doncic is the best player on the planet. That's exactly what I said. And you're right. And I'm word glad for word. Thought, right. However, what I just said was, what I just said was, to Terry, I could make the case yes. after that Phoenix series yep. that he was the best Which player on the planet. Which is when you said that. Yep. Correct. And now, all, I, all I'm doing is defending Jokic and saying, hey, he won a game. He won a game. Who would I rather have, though, Doncic or Jokic? I take Doncic. I would take Doncic. I would take Giannis. I would. I love Jokic. Love Jokic. Just because I would take two other guys doesn't mean I don't think Jokic is fantastic. I mean, it's kind of like when Will Chamberlain went up against Bill Russell, and if I said I would take Russell, doesn't mean I don't like Chamberlain. No, it's it's like if some if you if you say uh, Willie Mays or Mickey Mantle, you weren't trashing the other. That's right. Oh well, of course you're forgetting about the other center fielder uh, for the uh, in that New York area, Duke Snyder. He wasn't in the same ballpark as. I'm Willie just saying Major. he was. A, I'm just saying he was a center fielder in in the on the New York scene when they had three teams. That's all I'm saying. Okay, yeah, that's all I'm saying. No, he's not better. Clearly, he's not better. Just in case you missed it, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey 
says the conference is considering its own playoff with the NCAA rules about conference championships shifting. Uh, so they would have their own four, six, eight team playoff, whatever it may be, to crown an SEC champion and then go on to the real college football playoff for the whole thing. Uh, should conferences implement their own college football playoffs for conference title competition? And what would be the best format for doing so? I think the, the it's possible if you limit the number of regular season games before going in. You can't have you can't have college teams playing sixteen games or seventeen. Well, that that's why I don't believe that you should expand a playoff format in general to like sixteen to twenty four teams. It's the same concept. Listen, these guys are student athletes. They have to do their studies. And I say that very sarcastically. Yes, I can tell. Yeah. You're, you're of the student athlete is an oxymoron school of thought. Isn't it? No, it isn't. There are plenty of college football players who, who are legitimate students seeking to get a college degree. Yeah. On a, on a football team of 90, yes. on a football team of 90, how many of those guys do you really tremendously value the education? Okay, let me rephrase that. At least half. Okay. How about the starters? How, how many? Of Actually, those? I'll say at least half. Maybe all those guys have dreams of going to the NFL, and if it's half, that's still that's not nowhere near where it should be. No, but fifty fifty percent of something is fifty percent of. But nothing. they're like the they're like the college student going to school to become a meteorologist, right? If if the opportunity for football is there, they've they've uh, taken part of their college experience. And used it to go, to move on in that field. I don't have a problem with that. Football, basketball, I don't think everybody's in it for the education. Volleyball, cross country, women's basketball, yes, they are. Not the revenue sports. Okay. Use I agree. It. Yeah, there we go. That's what I mean. All right, that's going to do it for us. That was Argonaut Liquor, just in case you missed it. Uh, voted by Westward five years in a row, the best liquor store in downtown Denver. If you live in downtown Denver, just go to Colfax and pick something up on the way home from work. If you live in the suburbs, stop by there anyway. Pick up something on the way home from work. You're going to love going there. 750 milliliter bottles, by the way, of French wine, 15% off. And don't forget, Argonaut delivers as well. And if you order over 100 bucks, your delivery is free. Check them out off of Colfax or ArgonautLiquor.com. That is going to do it for us. Nolan, great job today. Same with you, Danny. Terry, we're almost, we're at the halfway point of a week and a half together. A hump day? Hump day this week? Yeah, hump day. Hump day. Well, it's been fun. It is fun. Yeah. And we're looking forward to talking about the upcoming Game 5 tomorrow. That's right. Make it the best possible night you can.